Thank you for listening to In Tech Today. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe in your preferred podcast app. And if you like the show, give us a rating. But for now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to In Tech Today for the 18th of May 2017. In today's episode, we look at net neutrality and give you the Dummies Guide rundown to it. And we talk about WannaCry, which is possibly the biggest cyber attack in recent history. Plus, our techno dinosaur has a question about those pesky spam calls. I'm Josh White. I'm Ed Swift, and this is In Tech Today. Hi. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It was good, but just, just excuse me a second. You good now? Yeah, I'm much okay. better. That's good. Um, welcome, this, welcome to the podcast. Um, it's been a busy week for tech, hasn't it? It's been quite a big week. Um, yeah. In fact, this week as well, uh, Google has been doing their big I/O event as well. Mm-hmm. We've got got a lot of announcements out. We may touch on that, on that as well at the end of the episode, shall we? What does I/O stand for, by the way? I've always thought it meant in out. I don't know. I actually have no idea. Google in out. Like, come in. We'll tell you what's going on. Leave. To get in, get out, basically. Yeah. What's in and what's out. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. Maybe. 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 Um, when I search Google in out, it just comes up with um, log out of Google. So, <laughs> What? People are Googling how to I log know. out. <laughs> Must log out, sign in Google accounts. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we'll come back with a few. We, we may touch on a few of the big announcements of that towards the end as well. Mm-hmm. But should we get on with it? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. And first up, we are talking about net neutrality. Indeed. Uh, which is something that is big stuff across uh, across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Big talk, huge politically at the moment. And we hardly ever hear about it here on the European side yeah. of the pond. Uh, essentially what net neutrality is, is it's the idea that all web traffic should be treated equally. I'm just going to take a second to say we've lost all connection to the stream. Okay, then. Um, so what net neutrality is is it's the idea that all web traffic should be treated equally. Okay. Uh, and what that means in practice is it doesn't matter if you are going to stream a TV show from the BBC or Netflix or Amazon Prime, your ISP, your provider, whether that in the UK, whether that's BT or TalkTalk or Sky or Virgin or in the US if you've got Comcast or Verizon or AT&T, that they have to treat the traffic equally. Mm-hmm. Now... It's not an issue on this side of the Atlantic because the European Union, wonderful people they are, um, (laughs) let's not bring our opinions into this, they have uh, essentially said net neutrality is a thing that must be protected in Mm -hmm. the EU. So, I mean, I, for example, I have uh, internet and uh, TV service with TalkTalk. Mm -hmm. So... What TalkTalk could do if net neutrality did not exist was to tell me that all TV shows that I stream from TalkTalk channels um, will come at full speed. But Netflix won't come at full speed. So basically they could choose to throttle certain services. Exactly right. With the effect being that either they force you to watch their services or they force you to upgrade your package if you want to watch third-party services. That seems absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad they don't do that. And that's the big problem in the U.S. Because in the U.S., what you have, unlike here, is uh, the company that you pay to provide you internet service 
is also almost all the time the company that owns the line. So there's no competition. Mm-hmm. So your city might be a Comcast city. And so you have to buy your high-speed internet through Comcast with a cable TV package. Or your city's a Verizon city. You have to buy it from Verizon or mm-hmm. AT&T or... So you don't necessarily get as much choice as you do in other You don't countries. get any choice. You either have to have... If you want high-speed internet, you have to go through either one provider or you're stuck on DSL. Yeah. Basically, in most places, there's no choice. In some places, there's things like Google Fiber. Yeah. But so that is a big problem. Mm-hmm. And then the problem arises when there is no net neutrality... Uh, in that Comcast, which owns one of the biggest cable TV operations in America, and they are hemorrhaging viewers to Netflix, Mm. can suddenly think, well, we can just slow down traffic to Netflix, and then people will be forced to use our services. That just seems unfair completely. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that's what the Federal Communications Commission has said uh, for a long time now. They've said net traffic must be neutral. You can't can't do this to people. Um, So it's, it's been good. Mm-hmm. It's been good in the US for want of a better description uh, in that internet traffic has been neutral. Um, now, under the Trump administration, they want to roll that back. They do. I, I had a feeling it had something to do with the White House. Oh, can I ask why? Uh, just because... Uh, just a hunch. Just a hunch, exactly. Just a hunch. So what is happening is the new FCC chairman, uh, Ajit Pai, yeah. great surname, by mm. the way. Um, Making me hungry now. <laughs> He has said uh, that net neutrality... He, he's basically been very open. He doesn't agree with net neutrality. And he wants to remove it. Um, the FCC commissioner, which is not a presidential appointment, mm. thinks it's terrible and is urging American citizens to fight this. So they've got a fight on their hands, the mm-hmm. FCC. What's happened is um, the FCC, they're following due process. They've opened up um, a consultation online to get feedback on it. And there are various campaigns, including a huge one from uh, British comedian John Oliver, mm-hmm. uh, to tell the FCC, we don't want net neutrality destroyed. Yeah. Um, here's the kicker. You know when you fill an online form and you have to type in those wonky words to prove you're not a robot? Yeah, the capture? Yep. Uh, the FCC form didn't have one of those. <laughs> so what's happened is over the first week that uh, they were getting feedback on this proposal to remove net neutrality, they got hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of uh, spam comments. Yeah. And they've had to shut down the consultation. Oh, no. So they've tried to... They're trying to find out about net net neutrality, Mm -hmm. and someone's gone and spammed it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So now what we've got is no consultations are being accepted, no no submissions, sorry, are being accepted. For now, at least. I'm sure they'll open it up again. Will they open it up with a capture, though? I don't know. I hope so. Um, I hope they've learned their mistake. So to to summarize this whole story, because it, it's an important story, uh, especially for the US, uh, net neutrality exists, and it means that you don't have to pay extra to visit websites you want to go to. And if mm-hmm. it didn't exist, you, you would get like, can you just can you imagine a world where you're like, oh, I pay ten dollars a month for my high speed internet, and then I pay a five dollar a month uh, Netflix add on, oh, and I want Facebook. I don't want Facebook to be slow, so that's two fifty a month it's for the Facebook every... add on, and then every little bit. And of course, Netflix obviously has a lot of money, so they might be able to pay the ISPs extra to get a faster speed, but perhaps another streaming service doesn't have that kind of money, so you'll never access that. At a fa- but it, it just removes everything that the internet has been so far. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So net neutrality exists in the US. It exists in the EU too. It's not under threat here. Uh, the new FCC chairman, Ajit Pai, wants to remove it. Um, people have 
overwhelmingly uh, made it clear that they don't want it to be removed. Um, and yet they can't submit on that anymore because the FCC, who are in charge of the internet, basically, and, <laughs> and regulation, couldn't build a form properly. Yeah. Um, and now we're here. Looking at it, it looks like it will go through because Ajit Pai has made it very clear he's not really interested in listening to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so net neutrality will be removed. Internet service will be terrible in the US if it's pretty for bad certain already. Things, of course. Um, yeah. For certain things. Um, and, and we'll have to see where, where it goes. But essentially, this is a, it's a small concept that we don't hear a lot about, but it is hugely important that it remains in place. And perhaps it's something we need to look at as the UK comes out of the EU. I was going to say, uh, there are implications for the UK uh, within the next two years about what happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, the, I mean, you've got major networks like Sky and BT, which also have their own uh, TV packages. If, yep. I, I, I'd like talk, to talk. think, talk, talk as well. I'd like to think that they'd, do, you know, they'd try and keep that net neutrality over here as well after we leave the EU. You'd you'd like to think, uh, but you never know. You never know until until it actually happens. Until you find out what deal we get and what's going to be, what's going to stay and what's going to go. That that is the problem. Um, of course, the other side of the coin with net neutrality, though, is it means you can't have some nice things, like say you're uh, like you're with three for your phone, yeah. right? And if three ca- three can't come out and say all your Spotify data is unmeted. Would, that would, is true. Would be quite but, a nice thing, and it's quite. They, I mean, they do that for some of the ISP. I know Spark. I think back in home Zealand, in New Zealand because we don't have net neutrality in New Zealand. We never have, and maybe it's something we need to talk about back home now too. But you do get some perks out of it. You know, it's not. It's net neutrality. You know, it, it isn't when you don't have net neutrality. It's not all bad. You do sometimes get a few um, good things yeah. out of it as well. But at the same time, it, it's do you do you want to give up the this freedom of the internet basically because imagine if you're just starting a small internet business mm. a podcast for example mm-hmm. um called in tech today by any chance could be mm. you don't have the kind of money to pay all the isps in the country to no hell to no prioritize your traffic so you, it just removes yeah. the level playing field of the internet mm. so yeah it's um i mean i certainly hope that uh, that the Americans can keep it. But I, I, I have my doubts under the current administration, <laughs> should we say. We'll, say. well, we may have to wait another four years before something changes back if it does change. Maybe even eight. Big F, isn't it? Yeah. The big story back here in the UK over the last uh, week has been... And everywhere else. And everywhere else. I mean, it's, it, it sort of really started in the UK. The, we, we were the ones that got it first, and we kind of... Uh, reported on it first before it started spreading all over the world. But it was a piece of ransomware called WannaCry, and it made a lot of people want to cry. <laughs> That's probably why it's uh, aptly named. Um, in a nutshell, WannaCry, it, got, it started to infect a number of computers. It hit the, the biggest target was the NHS. Yeah. Um, and some because I, I work for a news station, some of the people I talked to said, well, look, the chances are that this was actually targeted to happen on a Friday as all the IT people were going home yeah. knowing that nothing can be really done um, and it would basically knock out knock out some of these services for a number of days. We talked to one doctor who was hit by a similar piece of ransomware a couple of months ago. Um, he was basically, they had to close down for 24 hours while they got everything sorted. Luckily, they had backups. Um, but, you know, it, it does cripple you for a large amount of time, especially when you're such an essential service like the National Health Service. So what is WannaCry ransomware? It's basically, think of it like a virus, but instead of deleting everything on your computer or corrupting some files, it basically locks you out of everything, and it says you need to pay a certain amount of money to release your files. Oh, um, I know. I like my files. I like my files too. Oh. I know, but 
look, to be honest, there are some ways to get around this, and we'll talk about this very Ooh. shortly. Yeah. Um, so they basically say, look, pay us this amount in Bitcoin so it can't be tracked, mm-hmm. which, you know, from their point of view, it's probably just all sitting in an account at the moment, not being touched because it's being watched ever so carefully. Uh, probably probably a good, good time to point out what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin uh, is point. a uh, virtual currency. Um, it's, a it's cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, in fact. Um, it's virtually... Would you say it's untraceable? I mean, it's it's almost, very almost 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 impossible to trace. Basically, there it's, are ways yeah. to to follow the money, but it's not as easy as just following a bank transfer, a standard bank transfer, mm. from account to account. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, it all really kicked off last week with the NHS. Overall, it hit around seventy four countries, and surprisingly, Russia was actually one of the biggest uh, countries to be hit by this. How did it happen? Windows XP. Ah, yeah. That's all it comes down to, really. Yeah. So w- Old systems. A good, old-fashioned Windows XP. Um, essentially, there, there was a loophole in Windows XP, uh, which was unveiled by um, an NSA leak that allowed the government to be able to get into your computer and get files if they needed to. Uh, this was exposed earlier this year. Microsoft, who stopped supporting Windows XP a couple of years ago, um, went on and released an emergency fix for this back in March. So there was an update available but Microsoft have been not supporting this operating system for a number of years and even had this massive campaign to warn users to say, look, we're not supporting this. You need to upgrade. You need to either get a new computer or upgrade your operating system. Or they didn't say this, but you could even switch to Mac or Linux, um, <laughs> which, which if you wanted to, you could. But they wouldn't have said that, of course. Of um, course. So that's all it came down to, people using old technology. The NHS, a number of these uh, NHS trusts run software on Windows XP. The worrying thing is, here in the UK, the nuclear, uh, the nuclear weaponry system called Trident, yeah. that all runs on Windows XP as well. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So let's hope they don't uh, get the, you know, hack into that and get the codes and hold it a sort of ransom for, what, $300-odd. The thing is, it could have happened to anyone that had Windows XP. Yeah. It did happen to a lot of large organizations, but it could have happened to you if you haven't upgraded your computer. You. You. We're looking at you right now. Um, There are a a number of things you can actually do uh, to protect yourself from this. Firstly, if you've got Windows XP, upgrade it now. Don't wait. Just go out, either buy a new computer or upgrade your operating system. Or alternatively, just disconnect it from the internet. Well, yeah, but then who wants to really disconnect? We've been through this. Who wants? It's, it's the same argument as who wants to delete their Facebook account. Yeah, but let, yeah, some people might though, Ed. Yeah, some people might. <laughs> okay, if you really want to, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not here to tell to tell you what people want to do. Yeah, it's up to you, the listener, to choose what you want to do. If it but, were me, I'd upgrade. Yeah, upgrade. Or keep it up to date as well. I know that Windows XP hasn't been supported for a while, but Microsoft did release an update in March that protects you from this exact vulnerability. So, they, oh, did they? That yeah. wasn't very well publicized, I must no, it, say. It was, well, I mean, not not a lot of people have Windows XP. They, they were True. talking about it after the ransomware and saying, look, Microsoft did do this, yeah. so they can't necessarily be blamed here. But it does remind us all that, you, you know, if Windows updates say you need to do this update, this is a security update, and sure, it may take half an hour while it, you have to restart your computer and update it, <laughs> it and install it'll it. It'll take half an hour. It's yeah. worth it. If it's going to keep your file safe, if it's going to keep your computer protected, it's worth spending that half an hour rather than spending half an hour trying to find old versions of files, back up your computer, completely reset it if you need to, or even buying a new computer. So it will save you a lot of hassle in the long run just to run those Windows updates every so often. Um, of course, 
you should have some virus antivirus software. Um, we've talked about this before. AVG is pretty good. There are a number of other free ones out there that you don't need to pay for that will give you excellent protection. Um, the other thing is if you get an email that looks dodgy, don't open it. <laughs> no matter if you get that email from Miss Phillips 1987 saying, ooh, big boy, I really like the look of your... You know where I'm going with this. Who's Miss Phillips, Ed? I don't know. I, I get that Ooh. email every so often. Um, from Miss Phillips specifically? No, no, I'm just picking random names now. But if you do get an email that looks like that, chances are it's not a real person. You probably shouldn't open it because it's either going to send you more spam or it's going to send you a virus. It's just not worth it. No matter how much they're complimenting your... Um, don't look at it. <laughs> yep, no, true, fair. Yep, yep, that's true. If you get a dodgy link from a friend, say Josh, say I find an email in my inbox from Josh White saying... Just delete it. Just, de- well, yeah. That, I don't usually point. email. If I've sent you an email, it probably wasn't me. But if, say, <laughs> say you do email often. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And I get let's, an email. Let's pretend I use emails. And it's got a link in it or it's got a really weird subject. Don't open it. Check with your friend. Send them a message through something else to say, hey, I got this yeah. from you. Is it legit? If it is legit, then it's fine. If it's not... Unless, unless they're a hacker. Yeah. Unless if you they're... know they're a hacker. <laughs> so basically don't open any emails from Josh White. Hey, 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 hey. I don't hack. I can't even get a Periscope stream to work. That How the true. hell could I hack? <laughs> um, it looked, by the way, I'll just say this now. And if you're listening to this podcast later, just, just for background, we tried to stream on Periscope today. Um, it looks like after 22 minutes, it just gave up. Yeah. It's just no longer, like, it, it's still trying to send the string to Periscope, but Periscope's like, there's nothing. We'll give it a go. Um, so we'll if we've, seen, if we've sounded a little distracted in the podcast so far, it's because we've been trying to get this live stream on Periscope <laughs> even, working. Even Josh has still been pointing to the camera, even though he knows it's not working. It was, it's recording. We might upload the okay. video version later. Um, we tried. We tried. <laughs> Damn anyway. it. Anyway, so if you do get a link, an email from a friend that does look a little bit dodged, do check with that friend to find out if they actually actually sent it. And finally, and I know I've said this before, don't use Windows XP. For God's sake, well, upgrade. I, I will. And I mean, I tried to do this last week when Ed got very preachy about Facebook. Because <laughs> Ed's got his opinions, and they're very strong. Yeah. Um. Sometimes you need to use XP. This is why the NHS is so vulnerable because the NHS is using le- <clears throat> is using legacy software that only runs on XP, and they can't upgrade it easily because if you upgrade and there's a bug in the new system that the software doesn't run on, people will die. Yeah, but there's been in the case of the NHS, it looks like there's been no effort to try and upgrade or to look Can at you, other have, solutions. Have you, okay, Ed, I'll devil's advocate here, but have you talked to all of the IT teams at the trusts all over the NHS? No. Of course not. I haven't had time to do that. Exactly. So I think you're making quite a sweeping statement. It is legacy software. It's the same with banks. This is why banks were targeted. ATMs still run on XP because it's it's old software, and you don't want to up, you know you know the software runs really well on XP, and you don't want to take the risk of upgrading it. Yeah, but when because there could be holes. When these people have had years of warning that Microsoft is not going to be supporting XP, and they're going to be you know open to security threats, exactly like this. Yeah. They should have at least started to look at the process, found out why, you know, sure, they might, some people might have done that, but on the, fa- on the face of it, it doesn't look like it. I mean, the UK government was paying Microsoft for an extra year of support after yeah. that cutoff point. Yeah. You know, that doesn't show us, uh, you know, them, th- that doesn't show as if they're looking to actually move forward and upgrade and But try they can't because and... it's legacy software. I know, but certainly look for other, anyway. I, I just think you're being overly harsh on, on things like the NHS when... when Look, I, I get that there's legacy software and that some things won't, you know, will only run on Windows XP and yeah. not necessarily run on newer systems. Yeah. But certainly, 
at some point they need to make sure. I mean, it's the equivalent of running something on Windows ninety five still. But there, there are still things run on Windows. I know, 95, and that's though. ridiculous. I still can't believe because because that's just how it works. I mean, uh, I I was working at a radio station a few years ago when we still ran all our playlists on DOS. Oh, good old DOS. Um, which, at least to be you... fair, we could have upgraded and we didn't because there was no money coming from corporate. But it's if you're a consumer, upgrade. Yeah. If you're a business, make sure you're looking at ways you can upgrade and get off these platforms that aren't being supported. But uh, yeah, I, I, I will also say I think this is just a sign of the times. These things are going to happen no matter what system you're on. You're going to be a target. You do everything you can, obviously, to protect yourself, but it's going to happen. Mm. It's absolutely going to happen it at doesn't... some point. So back up your stuff. Um, that was my next point, my next piece of advice. Make I'm sure just you... stealing Ed's script here. Yeah. Make sure you do keep backups of your stuff off your computer, whether it's an external hard drive, whether it's on the cloud. Make sure you've got all that data somewhere else and even if you really if it's really important stuff have a second backup somewhere else in case that first backup yeah. goes missing yeah um of course there are a few things you can do if you do find yourself getting attacked by ransomware or viruses firstly disconnect your computer from the internet straight away and just shut it down oh we're coming back to josh's advice to unplug your computer from the internet that's here we go that's this is if you've been attacked, <laughs> not, a, not, as a yep, pre- yep, yep. not as a prevention measure. Um, you know, do disconnect from the interv- internet. That will actually reduce the spread of it across to other computers on your network or other computer. you know, sending those dodgy emails to your friends if it's that type of virus. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you find yourself uh, being asked for a demand for payment, don't pay it. I know there have been a few security experts that have said, well, if you really need the files, you should pay it. However, the chances of them releasing your files, it might not work. You know, you are pay- you are. It is a risk to pay them to find out that it might not work, and also they know you're willing to pay, so they may try and get you again. There, there yeah. is that risk, so don't pay it. It just unless you absolutely have to. Unless you absolutely, I, I still wouldn't recommend that. I'd, I'd well, I mean, if they're files you can't get anywhere else, and they're absolutely vital files, you might as well give it a go, right? Well, there are. Other, I mean, you could always. This, this is stuff you, you can do yourself. There are probably, yeah. you know, you could probably exhausted all other options. You really need those files. There's no other way to get them. Would you pay? I, I'd have to evaluate the files. Three hundred dollars. Thing is, I've got everything in a cloud backup and a hard drive okay, backup. You didn't. Ha- you don't have that. And without these files, you're going to be deported. These are immigration files that they've stolen. Let's just say that. Okay. That's, and, that's... And, let, and, let, and let's say you're not British, by the way. So, okay. so they can deport you. No, because I, I would have thought that the, immigra- that the uh, you know, immigration would have some copy of these files as well. They don't. So basically you're saying that the only copy of the files that are keeping me in the country are on my computer. Yeah, I, purely hypothetical. Would you pay? I'd consider it, but I probably still wouldn't because there's no, there's no guarantee that it would work. There's no guarantee that it would work, but there is a guarantee that you're going to be booted out of the country if you don't pay. I'd look at other options. You've you've done that. I've done that. Okay. There, there's no, no like this is the only option. Taking the hard drive out and running it as an external hard drive. Yeah. On another computer. Yeah, it hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. Yeah. Okay, so basically now you're saying that I've got a computer that I'm locked out of that has no hard drive. Well, yeah. <laughs> so the files aren't there anyway. Yeah, we put the hard drive back in. You give me a lot of hypotheticals anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm really just trying to, I'm trying to find a way where Ed will pay. I wouldn't pay. You would you still wouldn't pay. You'd rather get guaranteed to be kicked out of the country. I'd find other ways to get those documents. There is no other way. What you, documents you, are these? I have I don't know what they are. I just I'm just I know I'm putting you in a very small box here. I know I'm putting you in a very small box, but this this is just this is this is the hypothetical reality of the situation. Only if my life depended on it would I consider paying. Only if your life depended on it. Yeah. Not your lifestyle. No, cuz I'd find ways around it. But there's no ways around it. You're going to kick you're going to get kicked out of the country. I'd make a case. And it, to stay. No, but they won't accept it. Why not? 
Because this is a draconian government under the Tories. Well, no, we are going through an election at the moment. There so. you go. So that's no. that's not hypothetical. You're, you're really just trying to make me pay, aren't you? You I, really well, just want to see where my limit is, and then you're going to put something on my computer right now. No, no, no. What, what I'm trying to say is... Let me quickly back it, up these immigration papers right now. To Google Cloud. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> there is... like It's good advice to, to, to not jump to paying immediately. Yeah. But I think there is also situations where paying is it's not a bad idea if if you've exhausted all other options. If you've exhausted all other options, which you have, and you're going to get kicked out of the country, so pay, Ed. <laughs> I'd rather pay an IT person to see if they can do anything. You've done that. You've already spent a thousand pounds, and they can't do anything. Really, I've got to find a new IT person for a thousand. If they're charging me a thousand pounds for no, they, 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 these were the best. Oh, really, the best? Oh, yeah, they're the MI five IT people. Like, and even they couldn't sort it out. Anyway, we're dwelling on a little point here. I'd, I'd consider it... Head ad- pay. Head pay. Uh, if you're at gonna a certain down, point, I would consider it. Well, and th- th- this is the thing, though. That $300 fee, which is part of WannaCry, yeah. um, is been researched as that's the pain point. You know, if it's any uh, any less than $300, people, yeah. people would still pay. $300 is a point at which more than $300, um, it's too painful for people to pay. But sort of that $300 level is, you know, almost, if people really need the files, they almost don't think about it. They're just mm. like, well, this is what I have to do, and I'll pay the $300. Yeah. So that's why it was $300. Because, you know, if you've locked up all these major files, you could really ask for a lot more, but your chances of success aren't, aren't as high. Pretty small. 300 yeah. is sort of that, that perfect price point for... That sort of supply-demand curves meet at $300. <laughs> supply and demand of locked files Basic meet at $300. Right yeah. yeah, exactly. They, they, I mean, they did their research. Anyway, I would suggest not paying them unless... If you have exhausted all other <laughs> options and you and it's got a really important file that you desperately need that is going to mean life or death, then I'd consider it. But for anything else, for family photos, for for music, don't bother. Yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna find yourself, um, you know, paying the money and then probably getting targeted again. Um, if you need to, if say you've say you've got all you know, if you've got your files backed up, yeah. and you're locked out, give your computer a complete reset. You know, roll it back right to the operating system it came installed with. Basically, completely flush your computer clean. A power Start wash. From, yeah. Don't, don't actually <laughs> don't power actually wash, power wash it. That is going to ruin um, it completely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, reinstall the operating system from scratch. Put all, Grab all your files from your backup and put them back on your computer. And make sure that you have antivirus, that you have the latest security updates, and that you don't have Windows XP unless you cannot get away from it. Yeah. And if you do have Windows XP, make sure it's all patched up with that emergency patch from March. So there are some things you can do if you do get attacked. There are some things you can do to prevent, uh, you know, loss of files and to prevent getting attacked to start off with. Just uh, stay safe, guys. It's the Techno Dinosaurs theme tune. Oh, yeah. So if you're new to the show, this is the part of the show where we, uh, we've asked our friend Michelle, who is admittedly a techno-dinosaur, um, what her technology problems are this week. Um, and she, I mean, she doesn't know a lot about technology. No, not really. She's not great with I it. I mean, she keeps thinking, when we, when we talk about the cloud, she keeps looking up and thinks, no, I can't see the cloud. Mm-hmm. There's a roof there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but So I sat down with her yesterday and asked her what her technology problem this week was. My problem is I keep getting spam calls on my phone and uh, it's from different numbers so obviously I've tried to block some of the numbers but because they're coming from different numbers I want to know if there's a way that I can stop getting these calls. Okay, so 
like you said, you do block the numbers as they come in. I have done, yeah, but I've given up because I can't keep track of all just the so different many. numbers. Yeah. And you're doing your head in. Basically, yeah. <laughs> one of many things. One of the, okay. Opinion. Well, we'll try and solve at least one of the many things this week. So it's doing a head in. Yeah. All of these spam calls. Um, and I, I don't know about you, Ed, but I do get a lot of spam calls. I don't get too many. I get the odd one, and then I just try and really, really mess with their heads. Like yeah, they say, nice. have you been in an accident? And I say, oh, yeah, I, I think I was. I, I, know, I, was told, <laughs> I was told I was in a car crash, and I knocked my head, but things are a little bit sketchy, and I can't remember. Mm. And, yeah, then they then they hang up on me. It's quite funny. Well, it's... um. I mean, that's one way to deal with them. Yeah. But most of us don't have time, especially if you're getting loads and yeah. load. And I mean, I'm at, well. I before I solved this problem for myself, um, I was probably averaging at least one a day. So my phone number's been sold to someone somewhere. Yeah. Um, and as Michelle said, they usually, I mean, for starters, they spoof their numbers. So the number they're calling from is not ever their number, really. No, exactly. Um, and they change their number every time. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's the same outfit calling me every time, but it's a different number every time. Mm. So blocking the number is fruitless. Um, so there are ways to combat this. Uh, the first one is the traditional way. Uh, register yourself on the telephone preference service in the UK. Uh, different names in other countries, but it is basically a register where you can put your number um, and it will block... Well, it won't block, but it will. That list goes out to all of the legitimate cold callers in the country, mm. and they're then not allowed to call you. So that stops all of the legitimate cold callers. The downside of that is there are some companies out there who take this list from the telephone preference service and use it as a list of numbers to call. <laughs> so while it will perhaps remove some legit eighty percent of outfits, you'll get twenty very annoying percent of. <laughs> Um, cold callers still calling you. So then you need to turn, and this might be Michelle's problem. She might have registered on the TPS um, and now she's got some more nefarious outfits uh, calling her all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, then what you need to do is turn to an app-based solution is, I think, the best solution. So uh, the app I use is called True Caller, and that is uh, quite widely regarded as the best one in the UK. There are other ones in different countries that do the same thing. But basically what True Caller does for me is when a call comes in, it looks at the phone number and it compares it to its database of thousands of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a known spam number, it'll uh, I've actually set it to just ignore spam numbers. So I don't, they don't come through anymore. You can also set it to warn you that it's spam and not to pick up. Mm-hmm. Just in case, you know, if you're too worried about missing an important call. Um, or um, if it doesn't know what the number is, it'll tell you that the, that the number's unknown. And for me, I don't pick up calls immediately from numbers that I don't know. Um, and because spam callers spoof numbers, mm. um, say if BT was calling, was calling me and yep. it was about something on my account. Mm-hmm. Um, Truecaller would tell me that, that that's BT because it's known to be a BT number. But... So it, any number that's known in the phone book, Truecaller will, will identify for me. So then if Truecaller doesn't know who it is, it's probably going to be spam because mm. it's not a legitimate company. So that's the best solution, I think, is, is something that can screen your calls and tell you, tell you where they're coming from. Block, mm-hmm. block the ones that, that it knows are spam or the ones that it doesn't know where they're coming from. Because like Michelle said, they just change their number all the time. Yeah. Some some phone companies also offer a service where you can screen your calls. I know that BT have it, especially for landlines. Mm. Uh, where yeah, you know, remember those? Good old landlines. <laughs> 
uh, where you can, you know, turn it on and when someone calls you, they have to say who they are yeah. and then you can, you get that notification saying, okay, hold on, it's this person. Do I want them? Yep. Okay. I'll take the call. Nope. I don't know who this is. I'm going to ignore yeah. it completely. So there are options like that. The other option is don't have a phone, obviously, but no one wants to do that. <laughs> this so, is like the unplug the internet solution, yeah. isn't it? Just, or delete just, your Facebook account. Just don't answer any phone call <laughs> and you'll never have this problem. Um, but yeah, so that if, for a landline, there are services through BT um, or, or other service providers, or you can actually buy spam-blocking landline phones mm. um, that basically do the same thing. For your mobile, there are app solutions. I think there are apps that do that thing too, uh, that will ask a caller who they are and then tell you, and you can choose whether to accept the yep. call. Um, that also blocks out pre-recorded robocalls, which yep. is nice. Um, or you can just keep taking spam calls. Yeah. It's And having a bit of fun with them. Basically. Um, you've been in an accident, so what are you wearing? <laughs> That that, yes. that guarantees that, you, that yes. they'll hang up. Um, now, this is the part of the show where we normally talk about feedback from people who've been watching the live stream. <laughs> Today was a real failure of a live podcast. Yeah. I am not feeling good after today's Aww. podcast. That's all right. I just okay. to put that out it's there. Okay. But we got okay, through buddy. the recording and... Oh, no, I forgot to... Re- no, I'm joking. Don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> oh, we didn't record anything. <laughs> um, next week, we will be live streaming. So do make sure, go to periscope.tv slash intechtodaypod. You can follow us there and you'll get a notification when we do start our live yeah. stream. It's around about 2.30 uh, British summertime. We're going to figure out the problems. We're going to, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Um, and we'd love to have you join us because Periscope is actually a great platform where we can chat during the episode. Um, you, yeah, it's just nice. It's nice. It feels like we're all in a chat room together. Yeah. Um, which you'd be quite ideal really yeah um so join us next week um next week not next week but in the next few weeks we're going to have a guest on the show oh yeah who is it i'm not i'm, I'm not telling you tell me uh no. whisper it to me no no nah. 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 uh so we're gonna have a guest on the show uh and yeah i think that's all the news i've got the end of podcast news um did you have anything you wanted to talk about from google um yeah, so, uh, yeah, of course, just Google I.O., yeah. just very briefly. Uh, Google I.O. has been happening over in the States uh, this week. Um, a couple of big announcements. Android O. is now available for beta testing. So for your standard consumer, you probably won't really get this until sometime later this year. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically so the, the new, next version of... The new of, season of phones comes out. Exactly. It's basically the new version of Android. Uh, some phones you'll be able to upgrade to it. All the new phones will come out with it yeah. at some point. Um, Do we know what they're calling O.? No, it's just called Android O at this stage. At this stage. Yeah. Are they going to go for Oreo? Probably. Well, well it, it, it's sort of, the, I mean, they've gone with KitKat for K, so well, but they, can go, they can go to biscuits. Um, Nestle actually paid for that. Did they? Yeah. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, Nestle paid for, so Android, because Android, all all. Did they pay for the trademark of that as well, with the four-finger? Oh, but no, I, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> That's um, a current news story. Hilarious. Um, so, all iterations of Android are named after a dessert. Yeah. Um. And I, my first Android was Froyo. Nice. Years ago. Um, I think I had Lollipop and then Marshmallow and then I don't think I've got N. What's N again? Nougat. Nougat. No, I don't have Nougat. No. I'm, oh, no, I'm on Nougat. Um, no, so I started with Froyo, Gingerbread, H. I have no idea what H was. We'll, we'll have a look at it later on. Ice cream sandwich, jelly bean, Kit Kat, Marshmallow, Nougat. Yeah. And now probably Oreo. Probably. If, we'll have to wait if, and if see. If Nabisco pays for or, that. Orange something or other. Orange sherbet. Yeah, that could be it. We'll find out. Um, they've also announced uh, their Daydream virtual reality. 
Um, it's previously been so real. So well, this is because it is real right now. You're just looking at me through your eyes oh. and your hands. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry to disappoint there. It's all right. Well, what you can do is you just put your hands over your eyes mm. and then just pretend that you can see me. And that's Google Daydream because you need to put a phone in there uh, for it to work. Not any more. Google have said in the, at some point, coming soon, has been their official quote, coming soon. Um, they're going to be. <laughs> Which ca- in Google speak could be anything from a week to three years. Yeah. They're going to be coming out with their own virtual reality headsets that won't require you to put in your own smartphone, won't be required to, you, won't be, required to be connected to a PC. It will just work right there. Um, as a standalone headset, mm. so that's exciting. But it is coming soon, so we'll wait and see. Uh, it's an interesting play because that uh, would you buy one? It would be quite an investment just for a VR headset. I don't know. I still, I still. I mean, I think VR probably will have a future, but I just don't think but it's there. Bad, quite. It, it's badish, very gimmicky it? yeah. right now. I mean, look at what happened to three D TVs. <laughs> Um, and yeah. I worry that VR is probably going to go down that route at some point. I don't think VR is yeah. there yet. It is very... Uh, augmented reality, I think we're going to see more of. Yeah. But that's not VR. That's not VR. Uh, VR in gaming, I think, certainly has a future. The, the, Definitely. The, the, the Sony PlayStation VR mm. um, does look quite good. And that's been relatively popular. Yeah. Um, but a standalone headset to pay you know, a few hundred dollars, a few hundred pounds for? I don't think I'd do that. It depends on whether the content's there. You know, if the movie producers start producing 360-degree movies, feature films, and all that stuff, we're starting to see 360-degree ads on Facebook. So there's nothing... 360-degree feature films? My God, I can't wait to see that that cinema. That would be amazing. How would you seat the audience, though? You'd just have to put them on stools. 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 But, and then the, how and do you... sort of a pyramid type, type shape. So the people in the middle are at the very top. Yeah, it doesn't really work. And, and then that pyramid has to just rotate all the time. So you're seeing the... <laughs> This is terrible. Just have a cinema full of people with headsets, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, so that is exciting. The other thing is uh, linked to Android O. Mm. Um, and the Google are coming out with something called Android Go, which is a light version of their... It's going to be a light Diet version. Diet Android. Pretty much. It's yeah. going to be a light version of their operating system for mobiles and markets which are data restricted. So it's going to be able to run on really low spec phones. Yeah. Um, you know, it's only going to require 500 megs of RAM. Which um, is great because Android has been known for a long time to be super hungry on, um, mm. on, on memory. And that's why cheap Android phones can be really crap. So this is why it's going to be, it's going to be great for those cheap phones yeah. or for areas where you're not going to be having 4, 4G data. Mm. Um, so I think that's fantastic. Again, coming soon we don't know exactly <laughs> when that's coming out but it is an exciting announcement there is obviously more coming out so do uh, do check it out yeah uh, google io google which I-O. is not in out as we've uh, as it, it could be well no i've looked google in out and it doesn't uh, just comes out with sign in sign out <laughs> so it can't be that That's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. Um, if you tried to join us on Periscope, we, Thanks. we appreciate you trying. Hope you appreciate us trying to get it there for you. We will we'll be live week. on there next week, I promise. <laughs> um, you'll be here next week? Yes. I'll be here next week? Yes. Techno Dinosaur's got a great question for us next week. Ooh, Already. Already. It's, been, it's, it's in the cans. Um, yeah. Just subscribe. Leave join us, us on Periscope. And join us on Periscope next week. Periscope.tv slash pod.
If you've got any questions, get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at InTechTodayPod. And on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InTechTodayPodcast. Or on our website, InTech.Today. InTech Today is a production of Parktown Studios in London. Oh,